Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. It's showtime. 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 And now, here is your host, Warwick Mary. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. Now, today I have a man on the show who is, well, legend's a strong word, but let's just say he's a sensational man when it comes to the world of education and giving parents and kids time and space. From time and space, please welcome Bill Jennings. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Warwick. Good to be here. Fantastic to have you here. Now, I ask this question of all of my guests. I'd like to start with your good self. How do you define success? So, Warwick... uh I've got a few layers to the onion here in the sense that... Uh, Peel away. <laughs> okay. So if you look at it through the context of my business service to schools called Time and Space, then the participants in that are young people and their parents or mentors. And so for the parents and mentors who attend, I think if anyone who's listening to this podcast is the parent of teenagers, and if you've got more than one kid, you're probably more worried about one than the other, then I would say that success perhaps is that, that feeling that your young person has successfully transitioned through childhood, through the roller coaster of adolescence and is a, is a functioning, successful adult in society. So it's a vicarious experience of almost relief that a parent has managed to, with all their strengths and weaknesses help their young person become an independent contributor to society. And then for the young people, I guess, it's being able to make that transition into uh, being a young adult and, and, and experiencing those sorts of things. And then for my customers, and, I, and so they're the participants at events, but my customers really are the schools. And, and I would suggest that for a person who's my key contact at the school, it might be that the success is tangibly measured by uh, you know, I'm a, uh, I facilitated events. I'm a professional speaker. I, I leave their event uh, at the end of the night, but that key contact teacher is there at the bus stop the next morning and a mum comes up to them and just goes, that was awesome. Thank you very much. So they've, they've got some, you know, reward for the, the hard work they've put in. And, and I think for principals and the key leaders in schools, it's perhaps that, uh, as time and space becomes something that's part of their annual calendar, they start to see parents and young people coming back to volunteer and help, and they love those layers in there. And so at a, at a business point of view, for me personally, success really comes down to that tangible, do they get you back next year? <laughs> the old so repeat the business is always a great indication, yeah? Well, my business has got a nice dimension. I, I think for people that are thinking about uh, you know, might be at a stage where they think they've got something to offer to the education market and you and I are both professional speakers and, and there'd be perceptions amongst professional speakers or in the corporate world that education doesn't pay. Uh, the one thing that education has over, say, someone who's on the keynote circuit would simply be that, uh, you know, conference organisers will go, oh, we had that person last year. But if you've got something that can be offered to the same age level every year, and it's a no-brainer, and, it, and, it, and it's just something where they know it's a guaranteed success uh, at a whole lot of levels, then you've got, a really nice, uh, you've got a really nice business there in terms of perhaps having some solid repeat. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm. So uh, let me 
because it's very interesting what you do. Uh, I just want to delve down in that a little bit because sure. there's a lot of conversation around, um, well, originally millennials and now it's like kids these days, they never put their phones down and parents are trying to treat their kids like their best friends and, and you know, old buggers like me are like, well, when I was a kid, I had to get up before, <laughs> you know. So explain to me um, what you do with time and space. Well, actually, you explain to the listeners because I've done a bit of reading about it. But explain exactly what it is and what value does that represent both to the parent and to the child? Sure. So uh, time and space, it's, you know, timely that we're having this interview now because I've been doing a bit of work this year on like, what is it that we offer? And there's a lot, you know, there's a bit of a buzzword. Sometimes words lose their salt, like the word resilience. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd say time and space is in the business of offering family resilience. So it's for the collective of mums and dads or mentors in certain situations where parents aren't around and their young people, uh, helping them make that transition from childhood through adolescence to being a young adult, obviously from the parent's perspective being their guide. Um, And how it manifests itself is that these are events that I run for schools and, uh, you know, we basically in a time and space event have a series of conversations which arrive at these crescendo moments where uh, a young person and their mum or dad or mentor are taken through a guided one-to-one conversation where they get to share memories. They, they get to talk about now, which is really the stuff that feeds that resilience. Like they ask questions, tough questions of each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then they talk about the future. So the, 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 the conversation guide actually the the process of it takes them to a point where they might come up with an action plan about, well, how are we going to keep our communication up? I mean, our our generations are so different Uh, for the the parents. They're still probably what you'd call digital immigrants and the kids are digital natives. They've only ever known uh, the digital rich sort of ocean that we're, we're sort of waiting at the moment. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a series of conversations where, that they get to share those memories and then they also bring a little treasure, a tangible treasure that is uh, a symbol that they keep a secret from each other that sort of effectively you know, crowns the night or the, you know, the session if it's in the daytime. Yeah. And, um, and the other thing it does, Warwick, is it just harnesses the power of the community. So, you know, we've got colleagues who are fantastic parent educators. What I say at a time and space night is I'm, I'm your agent provocateur I'm here to take you through a process that I'm skilled in and have done hundreds of times, but really the wisdom's in the room and the nice dimension to a time and space session isn't, it's not just one-on-one, it's actually creating opportunities for young people and other mums and dads to actually be in small groups together where they might uh, hear their insights about being in each other's shoes, getting a perspective from the other generation. So it really harnesses the power of the community. Yeah, and then over time uh, we invite. It's a secondary school focused thing. Over time we invite people at the end of the night who are usually feeling really lovely about the conversation they've had with each other. Would you like to come and contribute to a future year level at another event? So we get this this self sustaining uh, in, in secondary schools. Classically, uh, the old turning up the working bee drops off. Yeah. Uh, so in primary schools, people can wait outside the classroom for their kids, that kind of thing. Kids are actually naturally becoming independent. So, you know, adults and kids can come and actually help at future events and they get a real kick out of that too. And it's all done on the night sort of in a, in a pre-session training. So yeah. 
yeah, conversations that you might not ordinarily have. Because it, 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 it appears to me uh, that one of the biggest issues that parents and children, I've, and I've heard both my, my friends who have got kids and my friend's kids say, oh, they just don't understand me. And so it sounds like what you're doing is creating a space where there's no guarantee they'll understand each other at the end, but they'll have a bit more empathy for what's going on and, and consequently be in a closer relationship. So that's sort of the, the process, yeah? Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, I mean it's, it's, it's all four combinations of parents and their kids. So father, daughter, mother, daughter, father, son, mother, son. And, uh, you know, like when you talk about you don't understand, uh, I think, uh, you know, I would say at nights for, uh, you know, just scratching my head as a, as a dad of a daughter and, you know, connecting with an audience at a, a night for girls and their dad or mentor. Uh, I remember my daughter, who's now in her 20s, being, you, you know how they say that the Inuits have about 50 different words to describe the word snow or ice? Yep. Yep. Well, I reckon a t- an adolescent girl to her dad would have about at least 50 different ways that she could put an intonation on, you do not understand. <laughs> you, know, you don't understand. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so dads can have a bit, you know, and parents can have a bit of fun looking at the fact that all those sorts of developmental moody dimensions are happening. Yeah. And, and as they have the conversation too, they probably are able to arrive at an understanding, oh, I'm being moody with you because I'm safe. You know, you're, you're my, almost my emotional punching bag in a way. And, um, and, and the other thing, yeah, I think it is mutual understanding, Warwick. And, and the thing is, a, a thing a parent would often say is, you know, like in, in the middle of the conversation is a set of questions where they ask each other, what's the best thing about me being your parent or mentor? Or what's the best thing about me being your son or daughter? And, you know, I've always said to my audiences, hey, uh, I am you know, a parent and I've had plenty of discussions about what's the worst thing about being the dad or mentor, you know, dad of my kids. Yeah. Um, and parents would often have those conversations, but they're in a stressed space. So you get this community kind of a big basketball stadium in a school, lots and lots of paired chairs, people half a meter away from each other, actually in the middle of that guided conversation. And I did some research, I did my master's degree looking into this program and the big discovery was that to have a conversation of some significance where you get to give each other that feedback, you actually see the body language where they relax and there's a generosity in the way it's delivered, that feedback about what's a hard thing about me being your son or daughter. And it's received in a relaxed way. So there's often stress and tension and negative feedback given at times when it can't be heard. And, and there's a sort of magic because you might have a hundred pairs in the room and that pair that's half a meter away from the next one is almost oblivious. And there's two different sets of memories and bits of feedback and statements of affection or things that need to be said being said. And, they, and they, so it's a whole community kind of having a conversation collectively, which the principals love. Mm. Uh, because it's like a gift to their families uh, but equally every individual pair is doing something significant you know they're, they're having a I had a colleague come and observe an event a couple of weeks ago and he said look it looked like everyone had a good time but he he judged that maybe 50% of the audience appeared through their body language to be having a conversation of some profound significance right yeah right so what are, what are some of the major outcomes that you've had from running these, these, these events uh, all over Australia? 
Uh, I reckon that it's uh, the feedback is that it's it's about we've never had a conversation like that. It's extraordinary, isn't it? When you think somebody could be running a service or a business that effectively is delivering something that people could do. Uh, so a common reflection as people leave is I always wanted to have a conversation like that. When was I going to get the time and space to do that? Yeah. And then what we've built in sort of to the back end of the technology that follows up and we invite people if they want to get a six month reminder is to have that conversation again. And so the big discovery and the big outcome from my study was that for a young person to have a conversation like that with their mum, dad or mentor, it seems to assist almost a postmodern rite of passage. Like in the middle of my research, I, I got the title for the academic paper I wrote for a journal in the US and the, the title of it was this lad in the middle of, if you've ever done a transcript, an academic transcript, you have to put in all the ums and ahs and, and, and with teenagers, that's, you know, that's three quarters of the page. <laughs> so, so this young bloke just went, um, uh, I don't know, you know, and it's sort of trying to get, what, what was it about? What was the thing about having that conversation with your dad? And he started to say, I've never had a conversation with, you know, um, uh, and, he just, and then he just got clear and he said, I feel older. Right. I, I've, I, I feel older as a result of having that. I've never had a conversation with my dad like that. And I, and I feel like he looks at me differently now. Mm-hmm. So there's this shift. And I, I, I often say, Warwick, that, you know, apart from, say, the world wars, in the last 150 years, I don't think parents have ever been perhaps more anxious. Yep. Uh, society's getting increasingly complex. Rents are going up. It's harder for kids to, you know, there's, it's, there's contract jobs out there. There's no security in work. It's, um, you know, social media is creating a malaise of perhaps it's maybe it's feeding some mental illness and that sort of stuff. So I think that, um, you know, what it's doing is helping parents shift from a state of anxiousness to one which would be, oh, they've got, how are they going to make it? They're never going to measure up to this quiet confidence. I believe they're going to get there. Yeah, yeah. So Fantastic. Comes, hey, comes I want to find out a little bit more. Yeah. I want to find out a little bit more about your business and your yeah. uh, experience coming into this. But first, let's have a, a quick word from some of our sponsors uh, who help make our podcast happen. Did you know that Warwick has a great book out there called Get More Inspiration? It's a brilliant kick in the pants when you get stuck or are just not inspired. And the best thing is the book is specifically designed not to be read. Just flick open a page and read the quirky burst of inspiration and you're back on with your day. Find out more at getmoreinspiration.com. Have you got a question for Warwick or the guest? Head to getmoresuccess.com or the Facebook page and let us know. Welcome back. We've been talking to Bill Jennings from Time and Space uh, about some of the services that he's offering for families to help them become closer and and to grow older in a in a very powerful way now bill um tell me a bit about your background so you were in the education system and then you've done a a master's on this research yeah yeah i'm a qualified teacher i keep my registration up uh uh so yeah and i you know went through the process that a lot of teachers would do that you know you get your degree and then you might do some further study and, you know, I have, I was a primary school teacher, but I, I got one of those jobs in a secondary school where 
I was sort of like the event guy. I, I called myself the director of interruptions. You know, I, I took over <laughs> from, I, you know, I often had kids out of class doing different activities and what have you. And so one of them became this intergenerational offer to families and then started to study it uh, and then needed a couple of other schools to compare and contrast. And then those schools went, well, this is great. Um, you got anything else that, right. you know, like we'd pay you for it. And then I suddenly went, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know what age I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, what, what would be the expiry date of my life. But I suspected if I went on the conveyor belt of being a deputy principal and a principal, I didn't quite have the temperament for that. So I just calculated I probably would have snuffed it 10 years earlier. <laughs> you know, so not many people can maybe come up with an idea and then go and, you know, just test it in the market and then it looked like they wanted to buy it. Uh, and I, I guess I got to 40 and just went, well, I'm going to have a crack because you don't want to get to 50 and go coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah. Uh, and I was quite happy for it to fail, uh, but I wasn't happy about not having a crack, you know, mm-hmm. so because uh, I always could have gone back to teaching. I loved, I loved teaching, uh, but now it's just an absolute privilege to visit schools around Australia and even, even a couple in the UK. Right. And, and so how long have you been doing this for? Is it about 10 years or so? Yeah, I started the business in 2006, July 2006, uh, and I think I ran my first, I wrote my first invoice in November of that year. Right. Uh, and then sort of did this make haste slowly kind of thing where mm. I, I made it clear to my boss that my intention was to exit out and be a, a, a business offering a service to schools. And then in 2010, I made the jump. Yeah, so I took long service in 2009 in the third term, went and talked to anyone who talked to me, drummed up some business, uh, started, you know, making a little less yep. than what I would have as a, as a senior teacher or a senior leader in a school. Um, yep. And then since 2010, this is my ninth year um, full time. Right. So what, what do you wish you'd known earlier? What are some of the, 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 the success moments that you've learned that you wish you'd been able to implement earlier? Yeah, I think that, I've reflected on this. You told me you'd ask me this. And, and I, I think that uh, I, I would offer a general satisfaction about the progress, like having some intentions. And so I've been fairly happy, but I reckon, you know, like in, in the sense that, you know, I've been able to progress stages of the business and, you know, at a bit of a new phase now, uh, which I'm trying, but I reckon it probably goes around those sorts of things that you often hear about people in small business that maybe I hung on to uh, the work that someone else could do a little too long. Mm-hmm. But generally, you feel those pain points and just go, goodness me, uh, you know, someone is a much quicker typer than me <laughs> to do this data entry, those sorts of things. So I've tended to say I'd respond pretty quickly um, uh, to the fact, okay, I need to go and get someone else to help with my admin or yeah, someone yeah. to help with strategy or, you know, lots, you know, we live in an amazing world, don't we, where we can have graphic designers and different people who contract to us and not, don't necessarily work as an employee, but are our go-to person for, yeah, yeah. you know, getting photos done of an event or a videographer or those sorts of things. So probably just that um, maybe I've been a bit tardy in kind of getting to that next, you know, I'm feeling the pain. Why feel it for six months? You know, just make the decision after two weeks. I need to yeah. get someone, you know? Yeah, yeah, Does yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes heaps of sense. So what have been some of the, um, 
biggest, uh, I don't want to say mistakes, but shall we say learning opportunities that you've had besides outsourcing quicker to, to you know, get other people doing the stuff that, that essentially grunt work? Yeah, well, I've got a, I've got a counterintuitive uh, response to that in the sense I'll give you my answer, but yeah. also uh, I because I know that we've got, I, I, I philosophically agree with the notion of learning from mistakes. But a, a book that um, I've really loved over time is a book called Rework by Jason Fried and David uh, Heinemeyer Hansen. And it's just this fantastic, th- these are guys who do a database sort of thing, like a piece of software. Um, and uh, they've written a book about it. And they just have this, these, you know, like really short chapters. And one of them is called Learning from Mistakes is Overrated. So, so where they just kind of go like embed the successes that you've had. Uh, but one of the things I learned really early on uh, that I, you know, I would say, uh, again, was a quick decision was I was early days in, you know, running, running time and space. It was my first year and I had a client where I'd, I'd broken up what the costs were in terms of flying me over to do the event, that sort of thing. And, you know, naturally I go and just, you know, if I'm in a city, I go and talk to prospects and, you know, they paid for my taxi and different things like that. So the education market, I remember, um, you know, I used to get speakers in and sort of didn't want to be that guy, but probably early days was sort of feeling like, oh, wow, they're paying for my flight. They're doing, you know, they're taxiing me to the event, all that kind of stuff. Um, my contact got a little bit snarky about the fact that I'd gone and spoken to some other schools whilst I was there when they'd paid for the airfare. Yep. And so I pretty quickly worked out the, the way to solve that was, and you know, you have to work it out market to market, but education, your contacts in schools are really busy. So if you can be a no fuss uh, supplier to them, uh, then basically I just go, here's my fee that gets me to your door with yeah. everything printed, all the stuff's done. Here's, the, here's what I need in terms of microphones and that kind of thing. Lots and lots of lists. But basically, uh, I've never had that complaint again because yeah. I've billed the cost of the flight into my fee, which yeah. makes me free to go and do what I want when, I, when I'm not working for that client in that city. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, so Bill, um, as we wrap up, what's, what's next for you and time and space? Okay, well, uh, I, it's an exciting phase actually, Warwick. Uh, uh, so I've done this myself for uh, the last nine years full time and uh, I'm right on the brink and uh, I've just uh, employed someone who's going to help strategically uh, move to a phase where time and space can be offered without me being the person who delivers it. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, I've started to speak to some people who would be, who've got what I call the right person spec and the right professional spec to be licensed facilitators of time and space. And so that, that sense that it's the schools like it, I'm probably peaked out in terms of my own capacity to deliver. The next exciting challenge might be, hey, uh, could this be made more available? Could be running on stacks mm-hmm. of, you know, you know, five times on one given night in lots of different parts of the world. Yeah, yeah. A bit of leverage. Fantastic. That's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you've got to, I think, uh, you know, stay still. Uh, you're going to go backwards, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and look, it's, a, it's that same philosophy. I turned 50 last year. I know you turned 50 this year, Warren. Uh, is that, uh, 
is that, you know, there's something about getting to those ages with a zero on the end of them. It's kind of like, well, you know, um, do you reckon I could be doing this when I'm 60? I want to stay fit and well, but maybe the challenge of the next 10 years is to make this something that's available and, and packaged up and yeah. really easy to do um, with other people running it. You know, yeah. if it doesn't work, you know, I've got, I've got a lovely, I've got a lovely uh, sort of uh, business at the moment that I just, you know, I love doing the work. Yeah. Fantastic. Hey, Bill, thank you so much for your time no worries, today. Mate. Hey, no if people want to get in touch with you and find out more about you and time and space, what's the best way to get in touch? Uh, you could just go to uh, www.time hyphen, like a dash, and then the word space.com.au and uh, go to the contact page and you'll, you'll create an email that gets to me there. Fantastic. Bill, thank you so much for your time, mate. No worries, was I? You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show. Thanks for your company. I look forward to having it again next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. GetMoreSuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy your success.